0: Let's turn our Bibles this morning to the book of Luke. We'll be in Luke chapter number 23. Luke chapter number 23. And for some time now on Sunday morning, uh, we've been in a series I've entitled Standing Near the Cross. And we have been looking uh, at Calvary and at the crucifixion of our Savior. And we've been looking at the different characters uh, who were found uh, in Scripture by the cross. If you think back, we talked about John the Beloved that disciple standing by, and and then, of course, Mary, his mother, last week we've spoken of, but there's several uh, characters there around the cross, and uh, I spent a little bit more time to study this week and kind of planning out the next few weeks. There's going to be several more weeks, for sure, uh, that will be in this series. I've enjoyed this series. I trust that you have as well. We're going to look at Luke chapter number 23. And then we're going to read a few verses this morning, uh, and then uh, I am going to uh, refer to the other Gospels in just a moment. I'm not going to ask you to turn there because of time, Uh, and this is how we're going to find and identify uh, the characters that we look at this morning. So keep your Bibles open to Luke chapter number 23, and I'm going to read to you from Matthew 27, verse 55 and 56. And many women were there beholding afar off, which followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering unto him, among which was Mary Magdalene, and Mary, the mother of James, and Joseph, and the the mother of Zebedee's children. In Mark chapter number 15, verse 40 and 41, there were also women looking on afar off, among whom was Mary Magdalene, and Mary, the mother of James, the less, and Joseph, and Siloam, who also, when he was in Galilee, followed him and ministered unto him and many other women which were come up with him unto Jerusalem. Of course, in John chapter 19 and verse 25, where we've spent many weeks there, we find that not only was John the beloved there, uh, but Mary, uh, his, uh, the mother of Jesus, Mary Magdalene, and Mary... Um, uh, Mary, his mother's sister, was also there. Now let's look at our text this morning, Luke chapter number 23. We're going to read verse 27 down to verse number 31. And there followed him a great company of people and of women, which also bewailed and lamented him. And, but Jesus turning unto them said, Daughters of Jerusalem, weep not for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For behold, the days are coming... In the which they shall say, Blessed are the barren, and the wounds that never bear, and the paps which never gave suck. Then shall they begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills cover us. For if they do these things in a green tree, what shall be done in the dry? I want you to notice verse number 27 and there followed him a great company of people. I'll say this just very quickly before we uh, narrow in on who we're going to speak about today. Uh, Jesus had a great following even at the time of the crucifixion. Not everybody was against the Lord. He had touched many lives. The Bible says there followed him a great company of people and of women. In the book of Matthew, God points out to us that there was a Great company of women who had followed Christ, had ministered unto him. In the book of Mark, the same thing is said. There's a great company of women uh, who followed him and who ministered to him. They were present at Calvary. In the book of John, we are told, those words are not used, but we are told uh, that there were some specific women who were there. And then in our text this morning, we are reminded there's a great company and of women. This morning, I want us to look at the women at the cross. The women at the cross. God saw fit to, in those all the individuals that were there, the crowds that were there, to put an emphasis on, On a group of women some named some unnamed and their devotion to him and the fact that they were there at the cross this morning there's going to be some practical things that we can get from this message but there's also some prophetic things that we're going to get from this message this morning as we look at the women at the cross father i pray this morning Uh, Once again, that you would uh, use your word. Father, I pray that I would just be a a vessel, a mouthpiece for you today. May the Spirit of God speak to our hearts. May he instruct us. And Father, there's one unsaved in the service this morning, uh, or maybe one unsaved perhaps watching by live stream or listening by radio today. Uh, May they uh, be convicted by the Spirit of God of their need of salvation May they realize that Jesus is the only uh, hope of salvation. He's the only way of salvation. May today they realize their sins. May they realize their need. May they put their faith and trust in Christ. For those who know the Lord, who've always, already accepted Him as their personal Savior, may today's message uh, be a reminder to us of the dedication we should have for our Savior. But may it also remind us of the, of the things that are to come. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Just a few introductory comments this morning, Uh, a couple that I've already made. I want to remind us that not everyone uh, was against the Lord Jesus. There were some powerful and some corrupt men, who of course we know the story, who uh, had falsely accused the Lord and they had arranged all of their witnesses to come and, and uh, they had everything taken care of and even Pilate knew that Jesus was innocent, but yet uh, he did not have the character nor the courage uh, to set Jesus free. We know that this was of course God's plan and Jesus was going to pay the way of salvation. He was going to pay for the sins of the world. But there was a great company, if you will, the scripture says, uh, of people who followed him. Now let me remind you of the cruel scene of Calvary and the, the mockery of a trial. And <clears throat> Jesus has endured the, his beard being plucked. He, he has endured uh, the buffeting by the fist. He has endured the, 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 the crown of thorns. He has endured the, uh, the beating and the whipping by the cat of nine tails. He has carried his cross, he, 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 the scripture tells us he didn't even resemble a man, he had endured a lot of suffering before he got to the cross. <clears throat> the place of the crucifixion was a depressing place, it was a bloody scene, it was a cruel means of execution. Just to remind you of where we find this company. There are a lot of Christians who will follow Christ when it's easy and popular. But this company was with Christ all the way to the end. They were there at that place. This crowd, this unnamed group, Jesus God goes on to identify, even in a greater specification, when he says there's a group of women. All four of, the, of these gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, mention the women who were there mentioned the women who had followed him from Galilee. The women, no doubt, he had reached and they had believed on him and he had ministered to, and the scripture says they ministered to him. They were about the cause of Christ. This is who we find there. There, Some of them were named, some of them were unnamed. But they were there at the cross. There are several things that I want to point out about the women at the cross. I first of all want to mention this morning their their devotion to Jesus. These were women who were devoted. These were those who were not casual observers. They were devoted to Him. In Mark chapter 15, I've already read it once, I'll read it again in verse 41, who also, when He was in Galilee, followed Him and ministered unto Him. This was not a first time that they were associated with the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, They were devoted to Him. Now we find them present in the dark hour. This was not a popular time to be a follower of Christ. This was not a popular time to, to be seen and identified with the Lord Jesus. Yes, at the height of His earthly ministry in His teachings... When he gathered and he attracted the great multitudes that was in the thousands, these women were present. These women were a part of that. This was when Jesus was at His most popular, if you will. It is when there were multitudes to be there. I think of the miracles when He fed the thousands. That's a lot of people to be present. In, the, in Him going from town to town and village to village and the, and, and the work that Christ did and the teaching that He did and the miracles that He performed. There was a group of women who had been reached by Him and they were devoted to Him. They were present in the dark hour. I remind you how dangerous it was to be associated with Christ at this time. There's a simple application for you and I. One, we should be devoted to our Savior. Why would this group of women who had seen the miracles, who had been, their life had been changed, they had heard the teaching, they had been involved in His ministry, why would they follow Him to Calvary? Why would they be identified in the midst of that mob? May I remind you that that mob was shouting, Crucify him, crucify him. Pilate thought he had a way out knowing Christ was innocent and said, I'll give you Barabbas instead because Barabbas had been guilty. But he had underestimated the hatred and the rejection to our Savior when they would rather crucify the Lord, then, then, free a guilty man. This is the scene of that day. This is the atmosphere. This is the, the 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 mood of the day. Why would they insert themselves into that scene? Because they were devoted to Him. See, if you are devoted to Christ, you must be devoted to His cause. They had lived a life of devotion to Him, and then in His darkest hour, if you will, when he goes to the cross, they were still present. They were still with him. And friend, may you and I, may we model the the faithfulness of these ladies. May we we follow their devotion and may we be as devoted to him. And friend, quite frankly, the day is coming and the day is less popular now to be associated with the Lord Jesus Christ than it has ever been in our nation but the day is coming when it's going to get worse and worse and if you are going to be identified with Christ you are going to face adversity you are going to face persecution you are going to put yourself at risk but if you're not devoted in the times of blessing, if you're not devoted, when it's free, you're free to come in the church doors, what makes you think you're going to be devoted when to, when to speak the name of Jesus is, is a cursing in this world? To speak the name of Jesus is going to be with penalty and with punishment. We should be devoted in the, in the good times, if we expect to be devoted in the dark hours. Amen. They took advantage of the ministry of Christ. What an advantage we have as children of God. What an advantage we have to follow Him. I just don't happen to believe that this group of women had any problem being identified in a lost world with Christ. I believe it was a badge of honor, if I can use that terminology, to be, as they they followed Him from Galilee, well, they're a follower of Christ. Well, They believe that He. Well, now the religious of that day, they've rejected this one called Jesus. But those simple women, they don't mind being followers of His. Oh, we get back to that today as children of God. Not being ashamed to be identified with the Lord Jesus Christ. Friend, we were quick to say we're a Republican, we're quick to say, we're conservative. Why aren't we quick to say that I am a born-again believer, child of God? I am a Christian, I am a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, we're going to be quick to say uh, that we we belong to Him and we're identified with Him. But if you're not going to be devoted to His cause, it's kind of hard to be devoted to Him. And why they were there when it was dark was because they were there... Uh, promoting him. They were there ministering to him. They were part of his cause. And friend, if you want to stand in the in the in the dark day, the evil day, uh, where are you when? It's not quite as difficult. They were devoted to him. Second thing I noticed about these women is that they were a diverse group of believers. Many of them were named, many of them were unnamed. We do know Mary, the mother of Jesus, was there. You would expect her, of all people, to know Jesus was the Son of God. Even though it was a cruel and bloody place, you're not surprised that Mary, the mother of Jesus, was there. She certainly knew who He was. No doubt she recalled the angel Gabriel visiting her And telling her that she'd be conceived of the Holy Ghost of God and God was sending His salvation. You would expect her to be there, but I also think very quickly of the other end of that spectrum. Mary Magdalene was there. You think back to when we spent that Sunday morning speaking of Mary Magdalene and how there was a time when she had been possessed by devils. She was demon-possessed. She was devil-possessed. But Mary Magdalene, while under the influence and control of devils, encountered the Lord Jesus Christ. And he freed her from that bondage. He freed her from that. And she never got over what Jesus did for her. She never got over the changed life. She was dedicated. You got Mary who was familiar with the spiritual things if you were she was chosen by God God thought enough of her to choose her to to be the instrument and to be that vessel for the Lord to come to this earth but then on the other spectrum you have somebody who this world has just beaten up and the the devil had abused and the, the devil had had made their life worth nothing but yet Jesus cared enough for her to free her and there she is at the cross of Calvary with the mother of Jesus. She wasn't there to get a selfie with the mother of Jesus. She was there because her Savior, who had done so much for her, He had been mocked by man. She was going to be counted with Him. Don't you see the diversity? Of, 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 of these women, it's the same today. Aren't you thankful? I, I give glory to God that somebody like me who can grow up in Sunday school, who can grow up in the church, church house, Jesus still died for me. I still needed a savior. I still needed to put my faith in him. And Jesus still saves those who come to Sunday school. But aren't you thankful this morning that Jesus is still go out in the gutter and he'll still win those out of the gutter and he'll still win those who have been, been seized by Satan himself and they live in a, in a demon-controlled world, but yet Jesus loves them enough. If we took the time this morning and we don't have the time and we went around the room, you'd find testimony of those that were saved in Sunday school. You'd find testimony of those that got out of church nursery and as they grew in the things of the Lord, they got saved in the Christian school. But you'll also find testimony of those who will saved. I was a slave to alcohol. I was a slave to the things of this world. And Jesus saved me. What a diverse group of followers. Reminds me a lot of the church. Reminds me a lot of those that follow him today. I'm reminded by this diverse group of what Jesus said about the reason was he came to seek and to save that which was lost. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever, those who are good by the world's standards, and those who are bad by the world's standards. For whosoever, Jesus saves all. We find a diverse group of believers. But not only do we find a diverse group of believers, we find that these these women were disturbed by the events. Look with me, if you will, back in verse number 27. And there followed him a great company of people and of women, which also bewailed and lamented him. The Bible reminds us that these were not casual observers. We've already pointed out the fact that they were devoted to Christ. They weren't there, as some will talk about on another Sunday morning, there to gawk at what was taking place. The word be well means to express deep sorrow. If you've ever experienced deep sorrow... I don't have to describe it to you. They bewailed him. The word lament means to mourn, to grieve, to weep, or wail. I don't know if you've ever experienced such mourning and grieving where you could not control your tears. You would wail. This was not a emotional thing to where it brought a tear to the eye, but this was the other extreme of that emotion, to where they could literally feel their heart breaking. I don't know if you've experienced such sorrow where where you feel like you're going to throw up, where you feel like your, your emotions, your guts are coming on the outside. That is to bewail. Well. That is to lament. It was not a thing where this is going to pass and be over and we can move on our way. This is not the condition we find these women in. It says they lamented him. They were bothered by what was happening to Christ. They were not here, and let's be honest, women are more tender-hearted than men sometimes. Now I've met some mean women, but generally, they are more tender-hearted than men. You could try and explain this away and say, oh, they were just broken-hearted by the fact that there were some uh, that, that would have to endure this. But the Bible tells us that there were two other malefactors; There were two other criminals there to be executed. And the Scripture specifically says they lamented him. They did not lament them, but they lamented him. They were disturbed. But what was taking place? They were disturbed. They were distressed by the mistreatment of their Savior. Why? I remind you, they had a heart of love for him. Boy, how convicting this ought to be in the life of every Christian, how disturbed are we when this world mocks our savior how disturbed are we when people take the name of Jesus in vain use his name as a curse word how disturbed are we but what takes place in our world when it comes to the name of Jesus they were disturbed by the, the events the fact that scripture says they bewailed and lamented him, they weren't worried about being a spectacle. I don't think they were trying to be a spectacle that day, but you knew where those who loved Jesus were, because you heard them before you saw them. The weeping, and the distress, and the bemoaning, and the lamenting, they were disturbed by the events because they were devoted to him. They, they, they were disturbed by the events because they did love him. Well, we ought to be disturbed, not by what's going on politically. It's okay to be upset about that, but, but, but what's going on behind the scenes. And there is a rejection uh, to, uh, of our Lord, just as there was then. Well, if He came in this day, they would crucify Him again if they could. It is a rejection of our Savior. But they were disturbed by the events. Then we get to number four, and this is where I want to spend the remainder of my time. We find this group of women. We have seen they were devoted to Jesus, they were a diverse group of believers, disturbed by the events. But number four is how Jesus addressed them, the daughters of Jerusalem. They are wailing and lamenting. We see that in verse number 27. and when a well let's just be real this morning when a woman gets to that point in her crying, you ain't stopping it. And their hearts were so broken. But the Lord, this is very key, this is very important. The Lord prophesies before he becomes the priest. He does not comfort them, if you will. He prophesied to them. Listen to what he said in verse 28. But Jesus turning unto them said, Daughters of Jerusalem, weep not for me. Now let me remind you, it was Jesus who had been mocked. It was Jesus who had endured the physical suffering that most men could not endure. Matter of fact, history tells us that those who w- were beaten by the cat of nine tails, most of them never made it to the cross because they didn't survive that. And by the way, let me just interject. This, 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 this feminine Jesus that artists like to draw doesn't survive that. He survives that. He's enduring that pain. He's enduring that mockery. And he says to them, don't weep. For me, I think we should pay attention, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For behold, the days are coming in the which they shall say, Blessed are the barren and the wombs that never bear and the paps which never gave suck. Then shall they begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us and to the hills, Cover us. For if they do these things in a green tree, what shall be done in the dry? He addresses these women, this group of women, as the daughters of Jerusalem. No doubt, this was a group of Jewish women. He speaks to them of the prophecy of judgment to come. He says, weep not for me, but weep for yourselves. Weep for your children. I want you to really think of this this morning. As horrible as the crucifixion was, what the Lord is saying, as horrible as this is, it does not compare to the horror of the upcoming judgment. As many tears as being shed at this physical execution, at this beating, at this destruction of human flesh, it does not compare to the horror of the upcoming judgment. Let us look a little closer at what the Lord is saying in verse 29. For behold, the days are coming in the which they shall say, Blessed are the barren and the wombs that never bear and the past which never gave suck. Why is Jesus being crucified? He's being crucified because they had rejected Him as Savior. They had rejected Him him for salvation, they said, "We'll, we'll, we we'll, we'll keep our own laws. We'll, we we we'll, we'll, we can, we can get it on our own." And we reject you. It was their pride. They said, "We don't need Jesus. We reject him. That's why he's being crucified. He had never committed a sin. He had never done anything wrong." Even Pontius Pilate, that Roman governor, said, "said I find no fault in him." An innocent man was being executed. We know. Why he was, because he was the sin payment for all men. But he says, the days are coming, which they shall say, blessed are the barren and the wombs that never bear and the past, which never gave suck. In other words, the day is coming when those who never had a child, they're going to be glad they never did. Because the day is going to be so dark. The day, there's going to be so much horror. The only comfort comfort that some will find is that I don't have a child that's enduring this with me. I remind you what the Lord said in Matthew chapter number 24, verses 15 through 19, When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, whoso readeth, let him understand. Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of the house. Neither let them, him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. And woe unto them that are with child, and to them that give suck in those days. Oh, the Lord is reminding them in His crucifixion what He had already taught. That the day is coming, a day of judgment. Not a judgment of Him, but a judgment of them for rejecting Him. The day of judgment is coming, ladies and gentlemen. The day of judgment by our Savior is coming. Boy, if you're here this morning and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, do not reject Him. You must believe on Him. He paid the sin debt for you. He paid the price for you, but you must believe on Him. You're not good enough to get yourself to God. Neither am I. No man is. You must believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. That judgment is going to come. We live in a world today that says we don't need God. We certainly don't need Jesus. And we are self-sufficient in our religion. We're self-sufficient in our way of life. After all, we live in America. After all, we're capitalists. We have everything that we could possibly need. But friend, the day is coming, and it's going to be worse than a Biden administration. It's going to be worse than the dark, than a pandemic. It's going to be worse when the judgment of God comes down because of rejection of Him. We look in verse number 30. Already alluded to it in the previous passage, then shall they begin to say to the mountains, Follow on us and to the hills cover us. The book of Hosea, that Old Testament prophet, writes in verse number eight: The high places also of Avon, the sin of Israel, shall be destroyed. The thorn and the thistle shall come up on their altars, and they shall say to the mountains, Come cover us, and to the hills, follow us. The Old Testament prophet prophesies of the days when God pours out his wrath on this world. And by the way, those of us that are saved will be raptured out of here. Those that have not rejected Christ, we won't be here. We don't have to be concerned about when God pours his wrath. And that's what Jesus is saying. Those that did not believe me, those that will crucify me, you ought to weep for them. Because when judgment comes, it's going to be a lot worse Then what you see today, I'm reminded of Revelation chapter number 6. You think of the book of Revelation and how John had a world open up to him when Jesus revealed to him the last days. And in John chapter number 6 and verse 15 through 17, And the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the rich men, and the chief captains, and the mighty men, and every bondman, and every free man hid themselves in the dens, and in the rocks of the mountains. Again, this is telling us what's going to take place. Jesus said it at the moment of his crucifixion. He taught it when he was teaching the multitudes. Now he reveals it to the apostle John of what's going to take place after the rapture. What's going to take place when the judgment is poured out? In verse 16, And said, They hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us and hide us, From the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. Who is the Lamb? The Lamb is the Lord Jesus Christ. There'll be no questioning whether or not he's the son of God in this day. There'll be no questioning or taking any online polls of whether or not we believe in Jesus Christ. They'll be hiding in their dens. They'll be hiding in their caves. Religion can't save them. Their own good works cannot save them. And they'll say the rocks fall on us to end our life so that we can hide ourselves from the wrath of the one we crucified. Hide ourselves from the wrath of the one that we rejected for the great day of his wrath is come and who shall be able to stand he says to those daughters let me prophesy to you these are the last words jesus said as the prophet the next words he would say as he's nailed to the cross cross would be as the priest Don't weep for me. Don't you get a glimpse of the love that Jesus has for you and I? It breaks my heart as a child of God to know that I deserve what He endured. That I deserve the hell that He saved me from. That I deserve the mockery and the beatings and the scourging. I deserve that, but friend, you do too. I can't read the, the account of the crucifixion without something inside of me turning. I don't, I don't like to read it at what, what, what took place and what they did to my Savior. But in all of that, Jesus said, don't weep for me. I believe he was giving the, the, the prophecy that I, that I just, just read and that we just spent a moment on. But he was there willingly to die. He was there willingly to endure He was there willingly to bear my sins and to bear your sins and the sins of the world. He didn't have to have his arm twisted. He went there as a lamb led to the slaughter. But he says, daughters of Jerusalem, don't weep for me. But weep for those who rejected me. As I conclude this morning, as we have considered the women at the cross, I believe their story, if you will, their example in the prophetic nature. We always must be remembered. The cross connects from the past, the present, and the future. We must look to what Jesus did because of what's coming in the future. Might I, as we Prepare for the conclusion, the invitation this morning, the close of our service. Might I say to all of us who have been saved, who are born again, let's rejoice in our salvation. My Savior is not a man in a robe with a big hat. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. My Savior is not some... Teacher of centuries gone by. My Savior is the King of Kings and a Lord of Lords. He came humbling himself into this world as God clothed in flesh. He allowed himself to be mocked and rejected and paid my sin debt. But friend, he's also going to mount up on that white horse one day. He's also calling his church home one day. My Savior is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and I rejoice this morning as we refer to Revelation chapter number 20 and that great white throne and all the dead, all the great, all the kings and all the rulers and all the the, the, the prominent individuals through history are going to be called up before Him. And if they have never trusted Christ as their Savior, they will appear before that great white throne and they will be cast Into the lake of fire for all of eternity and the only words they'll ever hear God say is depart from me I never knew you friend can I tell you this morning I rejoice because I will never I will never have to go through that I'll never know the feeling of despair and doom for all of eternity because my sins have been washed under the blood of the lamb what can wash away my sins nothing but the blood of Jesus, His blood has been applied to my account, because I believed on Him with my heart. Let's rejoice in our salvation. Might I also mention to us a conclusion this morning, when it comes to the cause of Christ, be present in difficult times. Be present in difficult times. You think it's difficult for a child of God today? Oh, we've got it so easy. Oh, we've got it so easy. There's a lot worse things that a Christian can go through for somebody making fun of you at work for going to church. There's a lot worse things for you to deal with than somebody making fun of you because you won't go and do the things they do on a Friday night. Be present in difficult times. Be devoted to the cause of Christ. You can't be devoted to Christ without being devoted to his cause. Then the last thing I would mention as way of conclusion this morning is we must tell others of the impending judgment. We must tell others what I refer to of Revelation chapter number 20. Well, there are many who don't want to hear it. Our command is just to tell it. Our command is to let them know that when Jesus returns, He's not returning in a manger. He's returning as the Lamb that we mentioned in the book of Revelation. And as that church is raptured out, I rejoice in the fact that I won't be here when God pours out His wrath on this this earth. And if you're saved this morning, you won't be here. Their church is going to be raptured out, but how horrible of a place is it going to be to face the judgment of God? We as Christians, we ought to be listening for the trumpet today. Because that trumpet could sound today and those that are saved will be called out. And those that are left behind are going to face what Jesus told those daughters of Jerusalem to weep over. I do believe Christ's return is imminent. Everything is there. The world structure is there. We can become a one world government overnight. Because we're already listening. The whole world is listening to an organization tell them what they can do and can't do. Overnight. Now I've says before, I don't think the virus is the or the the, the the whatever you call it, the vaccine is the mark of the beast. But you can see the infrastructure is there. The trumpet could sound today. I rejoice in that. But if the trumpet sounded today, who do you know? They'd be hiding in a den in a cave praying for the rocks to fall on them because the wrath of God is poured out so pastor I, I don't think you should be trying to scare us oh I think we ought to be very afraid for them who do we know I pray the rapture comes today I pray Christ calls us home soon. Who do you know? Have you been the testimony that you need to be where you work? Where you live? Have you been the witness? We must tell others. Our our responsibility is for church not to be a political rally. To save our nation is to be a place where we get strengthened and edified and go out in this world and tell them. There's one called Jesus who came to this earth born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, and paid your sin debt. All you have to do is believe on Him with your heart, confess it with your mouth, and you'll be saved. You don't want to be in that group that Jesus said, Daughters of Jerusalem, weep not for me. Weep for yourselves and for your children. What a horrible, horrible time that's going to be. Let's rejoice in our salvation. Let's be present in difficult days. And let's tell others, before we pray, I wonder those women you find that these women at an empty tomb you find these women in Acts chapter number 1 in the upper room can you imagine the mark and the effect it left on them to see Christ his flesh beaten, bloodied To hear his voice and to see his gaze fixed on them and say, weep not for me. I don't think they ever got over it. I think they were faithful to tell others, the day is coming. The day is coming. Friend, let's never get over what Christ has done for us. Let's be present in difficult times. Let's tell this world, judgment is coming. Father, I pray this morning.